Yeah. No, I, I completely know what that feels like. I feel like I've only razor shaved in my entire life maybe three times. Oh, really? So you want to talk about like low confidence and like in inexperience even today. Like I turned 31 this year, which blew my dad's mind at lunch today. And <laughs> I've, I've only ever been at like since since this would grow in i've only Mm -hmm. ever used trimmers so even when i would just go you know what i'm gonna go clean shaven it was just as close as the trimmer could get it and i was like nah that's gonna be good enough i don't care yeah so yeah i um i have after as now that we're recording uh john i mentioned to john that i now i I shaved my face uh of course it is growing out again now because it's been a week and a half Mm -hmm. since i've actually used a razor uh, but as I pointed out to John, I haven't shaved in two years. And then I shaved and I immediately was like, okay, now I remember why I don't shave is because razors suck and I don't like yeah. them at all. <laughs> and that's probably even like a, did you do like one of the, one of the newer, fancier, why am I paying so much for this Gillette type razor? It was, it was Dollar Shave Club. Okay. So it was still cheap, but it was nice. I mean, it yeah. was, you know, it was smooth. Like as I was doing it, I was like, oh, wow, this glides really well across my face. But still, there was just something about the the pulling <laughs> of yeah. the hair and everything. And it was like, this is, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could go straight razor next time. Really challenge yourself. <sighs> right? <laughs> And die. <laughs> like I don't even like use. I don't even want to use a regular razor. I mean, one because I'm so acclimated to trimmers. Uh, but two, like I just don't. I just don't want to. Yeah. So the the concept of a straight razor is like ah yes this is this is it this is final destination. John had to shave and then he just died. <laughs> Fun fact about uh, um, beards, I guess, is my father-in-law. He has a beard, a very nice beard. I might add it looks, looks very nice. My wife has never seen him without a beard. Really? Never. He has always had a beard. The, the least amount that her brother has seen, who's older than her has only seen him, has seen him with a mustache, but he, but she herself has never seen him without a beard. Huh? I feel like one of, one of my friends in college was like that. He had never seen his dad without a mustache. So that's gotta be a surreal experience. Cause my dad, I mean, he'll get stubble, but I don't know. I don't know that I've ever seen him grow anything of substance. Um, so I'm on the complete opposite side of that. I've never seen my dad with abundant facial hair. Okay. I'm sure there's lots of people that can probably recognize with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny. Facial hair growth. Haha. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But the good thing about beards is that they grow on you. And after hey, after time, you, uh, you become used to it. So it's all good. But uh, I was not proactive in putting together the show for today. So uh, John and I have no notes. Uh, so off, I apologize if, if this one feels a little bit like uh, John Wayne shooting from the hip, then no misses ever. I apologize. Um, but uh, even even that is enjoyable to watch. So maybe this will be the same. And there's a noise coming from the- beside me. In the immortal words of John Wayne from movie, I don't remember which one it's from. That'll be the day. (laughs) Probably all of them. He has the same lines in every movie. I feel like that (laughs) is, yeah. Like uh, like in this, in this movie in particular that we're going to review, he says Pilgrim several times. And that's just like a common phrase for him. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited about the review today. We're actually, we are doing man, the man who shot Liberty Valance. Uh, is it the man or man? 
Uh, according to IMDb, it is the man who shot Liberty Valance. Okay, the man who shot Liberty Valance, uh, 1962. There are I did find out there are two versions of this movie that I did not realize existed. Yeah, the first same. time I saw this movie, it was in color, and then I watched it That's again cool. yesterday. And it was in black and white. And I was like, never, I yeah. never realized there were two versions of this. I've never seen it in color. That's really cool. Yeah. And I have to say, it looks really good in color. I didn't know that it was not originally filmed in color. So that was like how well they put that together. Yeah. So doing the Western genre this week. So I do recommend this is one of those that like, you know, first off, if you haven't figured out by now, or maybe you're new, uh, we are very spoiler heavy on this show. And this is one of this is one of those episode or yeah, this is one of those episodes, one of those movies that I would highly recommend watching the movie before listening to the review or watching the review. If you're watching on YouTube, it's, I completely um, agree. Just because the the question that is the, the title of this movie, the man who shot Liberty Valance, who is the man that shot Liberty Valance? That's a good question. And you don't I don't think you want that spoiled. I think you would like to figure that out for yourself. So that's why I recommend maybe pausing the show at this point, going and watching the movie and then coming back. We don't do that a lot, but this is one yeah. of those that I would highly recommend. So do you remember, I, I only approximately remember, but do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Ish. Um, Same. I want to say I was in my teens, probably 15, 16 years old. Okay. I never saw it until I was in college. And when I was in college, um, one of the minors that I had was film studies. And I don't remember, I watched it for one of my classes, but I don't remember which one. So I took a I took a genre class and I feel like this would be it's it's a very good example of the western genre but I also took a politics and film class. Oh. And I feel like it's applicable there as well. That might be what it was. And we'll get into that in the review. Just as a as a quick aside, do you know the most wild movie that we watched in the politics and film class my junior year of college? the wildest like in terms of like i didn't like when i was looking at the syllabus of the movies we were gonna watch i was like what why is that there yeah hmm charlie and the chocolate factory Ooh, no that would have been very interesting though um <laughs> cloudy with a chance of meatballs what Be because of the mayor oh it's actually a, a deceptively like politically eloquent movie i guess so yeah yeah well in that case you should have watched paw patrol stop I have yet to watch Paw Patrol, and I'm hoping that I never do. You know, I, I never thought I would reach this point, but I know I know some Paw Patrol, and uh, that mayor is. Something. Do you uh, do you know Paw Patrol from their uh, trips to Sweden, particularly Stockholm, Jay? No. Is do you have Stockholm syndrome with Paw Patrol? Oh, <laughs> I love I it. It's it's great. I love Paw Patrol. They're they're behind me, aren't they? It's uh, it's one of those shows that like it can be playing in the background and I really can completely ignore it. Like I have no desire to watch it. I also appreciate that there's not a bunch of cheesy songs in it, too. Yeah. Uh, and the plot is usually decent. 
I don't know how yeah. to word that. Uh, the only thing that's happened here recently that I think is very odd is randomly the episodes will take place in like medieval times, but yet they still have their cars and stuff. And then occasionally there will randomly be dinosaurs, uh, but they don't explain why that's happening. It just happens. And oh, no. you just it's just like, hey, we know that you're just watching this for the dogs and the fire trucks. So just shut up and watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't read too much into this. Come on. That's, that's funny. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. No. I am the father. Bond. James Bond. Well, real quick, before we get any further, uh, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, is John. Uh, you can follow John on Twitter, jmuller8332. Mm-hmm. is a great place to follow him. He's also that same handle with Twitch. You can follow him on there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, the nerd is underscore in. Uh, that's a good way to just see kind of like what we're into personally, because sure, we do things a certain way on here, but in our own lives, in our own individual time, we might do things completely different. John, for example, very much into the soccer, mm-hmm. um, scene sure and, enough. uh, the Nashville SC is one of his, as you can tell by it's his hat, hat and it's his jersey hat. in the background, jerseys, plural, in the background. Uh, he is very much a soccer fan. Um, I typically follow like political nonsense and make fun of it. And uh, and then you can also follow the show on Twitter, TDAU underscore pod. And then you can email us if you have any questions. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. But let's dive a little bit into oh, the news. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of, I did have um, some devoted listeners of the pod reach out to me uh, with a reaction to your McKay's anecdote from a recent episode. <laughs> okay. They they pointed out a glaring flaw that I didn't Uh-oh. notice at the time, and I think I think Uh-oh. you missed it as well. Oh no, Jay. Uh, when those when those people looking at westerns asked you about movies, they they asked you about movies. That's our whole brand. Oh, our whole brand is they didn't ask us. Oh, they did. I'm I'm perturbed that I didn't notice it. I was so stuck <laughs> in the moment then the moment of like, wow, what a what a cool moment. That's a really fun experience. I wasn't like, oh, my pearls, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. How should... dare you ask me a question, ma'am and or sir? <laughs> You'll have to ask you... my publicist. Could you turn around and just continue on your way, and then I will give you my opinion. <laughs> I will assemble the stack for you. Do not ask about it. Ask no further questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that is true. I I am I am blown away. I, I yes, I, I completely I, missed it. Yeah, yeah, they did ask me, and that's not usually what people do. <laughs> they typically don't ask you or 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 me. We mm-hmm. we just ah oh, well. I, don't know what to think now well real quick um for the news um i did want to touch on this uh this is so i know john john has talked about how he doesn't follow uh the the upside down stranger things 
Um, I was like, I, might not follow this. What's going on? <laughs> I, uh, I, I enjoy Stranger Things. Um, I wasn't too crazy about the last season. It was, it was all right. But um, they did say that they're going to be making spinoff shows. And... <sighs> I I did the same thing. And so they have not confirmed, but have basically said what the next show is actually going to be about. Um, And this is what the official Stranger Things page uh, posted. Um, They said, uh, before the world turned upside down, Hawkins, 1959, a regular town with regular worries. Young Jim Hopper's car won't start. Bob Newby's sister won't take his radio show seriously. And Joyce just wants to graduate and get the hell out of town. When new student Henry Creel arrives, his family finds that a fresh start isn't so easy, and the shadows of the past have a very long reach. Brought to life by a multi-award-winning creative team who take theatrical storytelling and stagecraft to a whole new dimension, this gripping new adventure will take you right back to the beginning of the Stranger Things story and may hold the key to the end. Please tell me that it is presented by Ron Howard, and it is called Hopper Days. (laughs) Yes. Done. I, I need it. <laughs> I would, I mean, I think of all the characters for them to make an independent show, focusing on Hopper does make a lot of sense. Well, and I feel like, so I don't know a whole lot about Stranger Things, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. One of, was it Bob, Bob something is Sean Astin's character? Yeah. And he was one of the ones referenced in that little blurb? Yes, I believe so. I, I read it over real quick. Yes. Is there is there not some type of like anticlimactic nature to like, oh wow, I wonder how that's gonna go. Like all of the well, all guess- the major characters have plot armor, so it's just like, what's gonna happen? How much yeah. drama can there really be coming from Stranger Things where there's genuine like people like characters die? Yeah, well, all all three of those main characters that they listed, like all three of them play a role later. Yeah. You know, as adults. And so, yes, you're exactly right. Like there's going to be, sorry, my nose is itching. There's going to be things that are going to happen that, yeah, I mean, you might be like, what's going to happen? Oh, well, I mean, we know that they're going to live because they're in the future. Yeah. I feel like it would like. I feel like this has potential. Um, I feel like every every wildly successful show now sees what Breaking Bad did. They said they did what they wanted to, and it worked. And then they had Better right. Call Saul. And there are genuinely people who think... So, Breaking Bad is regarded as one of the best television shows of our era. And there are people who think Better Call Saul is better. It has transcended its original, or what it spun off from. Hmm. And I feel like that is what shows are going to gravitate toward now. Except kind mm-hmm. of like with Stranger Things, they're not waiting till they're done. They're they're looking at it now. And I feel like what I want them to do is, sure, they can do, they can do this... Um, they can do this spinoff, but I have a, I have a spinoff idea for Stranger Things, Jay. It's set in Australia and it's in Hawkins, Australia, H O C K I N S. You lean really hard into the Australian accent and it's the downside up. The entire show is just completely like a satire of Stranger Things, just poking fun at it with all like bits of Australian culture and things. I like this. It would like be a, it would be a great one season idea, and then it is completely it's out of runway. There's nothing left. <laughs> yeah, there's no references made to it. It's just that independent thing. Yeah, I like that. So that's my that's my idea. Uh, which which brothers is it that does Stranger Things? The uh, well, if not, you hadn't asked me, I could have. I was told about you. to say, yeah, it's not the it's not the Russo brothers. They're the people who made the best Marvel movies. Um, 
Duffer, the Duffer brothers. Bro, yeah. Uh, get a hold of us. You know how to find us. He just said it earlier. Yeah. We we could be. We'll, we'll sell you that idea. We'll be thousandaires. Throw, throw a little bluey in there. Of course, obviously. <laughs> other other notable Australian culture things that I definitely know and and am not going to make up off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, something that I think you and I would both appreciate is um, Andy Circus, who uh, played Snoke in Star Wars has was in an interview recently and didn't directly say but pretty much said that he thinks that the way that his character was killed off was BS. Um, he said that in an interview, he said that he was reading the script and kept thinking about how amazing this character is and how exciting it is that this character was actually getting a bigger role and then saw him get cut in half and said that he was completely lost for words and had no idea what to think or what to say about that fact. Yeah. And just left it at that. And I thought to myself, Andy, we all thought the same thing. I'm going to push back a little bit because I completely agree with his sentiment. Um, I think his character is one of the many, many sequel trilogy characters who is a complete waste of potential. They could have been something incredible. Um, I agree. But yep. the way his character was killed was so cool. <laughs> I did. Like, yes, it's one I of do the, agree. It's one of the best action sequences in Star Wars. And I will confidently say that, even though I hate that movie. The whole scene as a whole, I wasn't a huge fan, but I did like the way he was killed off. Yeah. I just wish that he hadn't been killed off so soon. <laughs> completely agree. That is a that is a third movie in the trilogy scene. Yes. Because they completely invalidated his entire existence by making the Emperor the big bad the whole time. Yeah. What's, what's the point? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so we're, we're, we're with you, Andy Serkis. You are one of our Mount Rushmore of, of 2000s nerd movie actors. Oh, yeah. First Ballot there Hall of Fame. There hasn't been much that he has done that I didn't like. In fact, I say that and I'm sitting here thinking of all the things I've seen him in. And I can't think of a single thing that I've been like, you were terrible on that. Like, it, it just <laughs> doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but, uh, in vain, I guess in the same lane as that, uh, Andy Serkis related, uh, so Discovery now owns, uh, Warner Brothers Ugh. and they have stated that they are wanting to make more Lord of the Rings movies. And so their thought process as they have said, is to make it a franchise in the same way that Star Wars is a franchise. Real, real quick. Um, how did uh, how did Star Wars go once people started deviating from the main plot? Is it is it horribly bad? Would you say that? I would say that. It's close to it. Yeah, it's <sighs> Lord of the Rings isn't freaking Spider Man. Like we can't just have a reboot every twenty years because we said so. Frodo into the Hobbit verse. Oh my gosh. The the wild alternate, scenes alternate of the versions of Hobbit. That would be so weird. <laughs> Cause I like I only see Elijah Wood when I think about Frodo. Yeah. So all, like even thinking about, oh wow, what would we who would we cast in all of these roles? Like th I would cast that people that they did twenty years ago and yeah. I would just make that movie. Yeah. Cool. We're good. Maybe I maybe add more scenes from the books. Like really that's <sighs> that's really the only other thing they could have done. But yeah. truthfully, you could not do anything and it works. It works just fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, if, if they're going to stick with the source material, however, at the same time, I also think about the Hobbit trilogy 
And I think about how it was just completely unnecessary mm-hmm. yep. to do a trilogy. Yep. And so I think about that and I'm like, okay, so is that what they're thinking? Because that's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what I think would be fun if you did? And it, it would More be like a mini games. Oh, yes. please. Um, it would be like a mini series, but you did like a 60 to 90 minute episode on each character's life up until the council at Rivendell. Oh, that'd be cool. Because like we learn a lot about the characterization of, of the, the fellowship during the movies because they're a well done trilogy. Their, mm-hmm. their character development is very, very good, but it's one thing to have illusions and like remarks about things. And it's another thing to witness it played out in front of you. So I very much, and I think like the hobbits, you could kind of lump them all into not the same one, but like Mary and Pippin are in the same one. I think that's pretty obvious. But other than that, I mean, they have separate enough stories, at least as I understand them, that it works. Yeah. I I don't know. I think it'd be really cool to do like a prequel series where like it follows Gladril and like the creation of the rings. That would be that would be pretty cool. Oh wait, wait they they did that. Oh, they did that. Well then, yeah, it's, I don't know what they should do. And 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 it was terrible. So you know, maybe do it better. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> hey, I know we just made this, but it was bad. We admit it's bad. We're gonna go back and try it again. <laughs> Can you imagine if they did that and it was worse? <laughs> like, oh man, you know, strike two. I don't know that we. I don't know that we should uh, go back to this one yet. Fool me once. Shame on you. Here we go, Fool Jay. I've got it. I've got it. In the wake of the success of The Last of Us, they're going to make a Shadow of Mordor show, but it's going to be horrible. Oh, no. Jay, do you do you really have any reason to trust people who are talking about remaking Lord of the Rings? No. No, no. you don't. No. So they will try to do what someone else is doing, but they will do it worse. I've got it right here. If you really want more, just go back and read it again. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I would. I would. You know what I would want to do? How I would be content with remaking Lord of the Rings right now? A direct to streaming, like I don't know, ten hour or so, high quality animated movie. I mean, they they did do an animated movie, I, but t- ten hour high quality no, no, animated yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I got you. That's yeah. That's the only way it's okay to me. And you want to know the thing they could that. do with an animated movie, Jay? So much. They could bring the cast back. <laughs> They could. They. You're right. They absolutely could. It was like, don't get me wrong. Return of the King was 2003, so the trilogy of the movie released 20 years ago this year, and it's. I can't think of like. I'm sure there are cast members who are who have passed away. Christopher Lee is the the main one that jumps out to me. Right. But other than that, like most of the main cast is still acting, much less alive. Yeah. And like we've said with like other shows, like major adult cartoon shows that are, you know, being canceled or or rewritten or recasted, like there's always people that can do impressions, Mm -hmm. you know, so you can always find people that sound somewhat similar to the original people. Um, Or, you know, you just you cast and you like you said, you do an animated, uh, detailed animated. What style would you want? That's my question. Ooh, that's tricky. Because there are lots of styles you could go with. Do you want to know what I think would be the ultimate artistic challenge? So it's a 10-hour movie. You divide it into X number of, of separate contained plot arcs that all encompass start to finish. And you do it um, Animatrix style or a Star Wars, whatever that thing, the animated thing that came out, mm-hmm. where each arc has a different, has a wholly different style. 
I like that. In like contained in the larger plot. I like that. That is potentially like that's a great I love that idea, but it's incredibly challenging. It is. And um and it and it sounds really good, so you know they're not going to do it. And it would be horrible, so you know they're not going to do it. Like there's no like Why would that, it be horrible. That idea is so ethereal. I don't feel like there's a way you can make it well. I feel like there's enough people that would be on board with that that would enjoy the creative you know, challenge that, yes for people that just enjoy the creativity of it you know and you're like this is unique very unique yeah and bringing all these different art styles together could you imagine could can you imagine if that happened right and they say like oh we're gonna release one hour of this every month for 10 months start in february or march so it all releases in the same calendar year and if that got nominated for an oscar it would like double the length of the ballot based on everybody who would be involved in that project Mm -hmm. that would be oh man i want it to happen so bad (laughs) (laughs) such a great idea i've never thought about it before uh but uh they didn't ask us didn't man they could though discover discovery warner brothers come come on make this mistake with us (laughs) We'll all go down together. <laughs> we'll all go down together. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, I know uh, John asked me about Mandalorian. Unfortunately, I was not. Oh, I also forgot to mention they also released the trailer for Peter Pan and Wendy. That's coming to Disney Plus. Ah, uh, yes, um, another live-action Disney remake that nobody asked for. Yeah. Start and, calling uh, Disney. They didn't ask us. Holy. <laughs> Got him. Zing. <laughs> The uh, the the problem I have with it is there's already so many live action Peter Pan movies. Yeah, and it's like why why do we need another one? I mean, I saw because like, they can the do it difference. better, of course. And I mean, there's a few differences. Like Hook has like a missing eye in addition to his missing hand. Uh, Tinkerbell's African American. Um, Wendy, I think, is more of like a central character. I'm fine with um, that. The boat, Captain Hook's boat flies. That was in the trailer. I think that makes sense, considering everything else that is happening in this. I'm fine with flying boat. I mean, but ultimately, I have I have no problem with any of that. My problem is, is that you've done it too many times, yeah. so just stop. <laughs> so, Jay, I got distracted when you were talking about Captain Hook because it reminded me of my pirate joke. Have I told you my pirate joke? No. Okay, so uh, a pirate walks into a bar with a peg leg, a hook for a hand, and an eye patch. And the bartender looks at him and goes, well, I have some questions for you. And the pirate moseys on up to the bar, takes a seat on one of the stools, he looks at his leg, he goes, cannonball took my leg off, we're about to board, it just, gone. He goes, okay, well, that's very unfortunate, but, you know, what happened to your hand? He goes, lost it in a sword fight. He goes, oh, also unfortunate. What happened to the eye patch? And he goes, ah, I was the first date with the hook. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I, like I love that joke so much. That's a good one. Uh, but yes, and uh, so we were going to... Mandalorian came out today at the, the, the day of this recording, March 1st. Um, I have not watched it. Did they do like a two-episode release or just one? It is the first episode of season three. It is 38 minutes, including credits, which was disappointing. Um, but I watched it and since Jay hasn't, I will say very little other than I appreciated the tone that it is setting for the season. Okay. That is what I will say. Okay. I'll be interested to see what they, what they do. Very cool. Well, in that case, uh, if there's not anything else to add, I guess we'll go straight into the review. 
yeah, I think uh, I think I'm good. Okay, the man who shot Liberty Valance. As I stated earlier, it is a movie made in 1962. The official release date was April 22nd, 1962, directed by John Ford. Uh, nominations, it had the Academy Award for Best Costume Design, and in the box office, it made $8 million. So That sounds like a lot its, for, for the 60s. For its time, yeah. it did pretty good. Uh, starring John Wayne and James Stewart, along with Lee Marvin or Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy. Or uh, what was what was the character? For, you didn't watch Puss in Boots. It was like like polite cricket or something. There was a character that was supposed to be Jiminy Cricket, but Jiminy Cricket is copyrighted. So he right. was just like advice bug or something like <laughs> some really like the official name of his like character that. is hilariously dumb. But he it's a Jimmy Stewart almost impersonator. But it's it's like Jimmy Stewart's voice being the being Jiminy Cricket. That part was very entertaining. Um, yeah, I have a pretty decent little plot summary from IMDb, all ready to go. If you are if you go are down. All yeah, right, go for it. When Senator Ransom Stoddard returns home to Shinbone for the funeral of Tom Donovan, he recounts to a local newspaper editor the story behind everything. He had come to town many years before, a young lawyer by profession. The stage was robbed on its way to Shinbone by local ruffian Liberty Valance, and Stoddard was left with nothing to his name but a few of his law books. He gets a job at, in the kitchen at Erickson's restaurant, where he meets his future wife, Hallie. The territory is vying for statehood, and Stoddard is selected as representative over Valance, who continues to terrorize the town. When he destroys the local newspaper office and attacks the editor, Stoddard calls him out, though the conclusion is not quite as straightforward as legend would have it. I like that. Boom. Yeah. Simple and to the point. Um, why don't we give our elevator pitches and then we can get into the the detail of this movie okay elevator pitch like a 60s elevator where it's slow or like a like a modern elevator where it's going to be a little bit faster considering this was made in 62 we'll go with a 60s elevator 60s elevator okay so the stairs um (laughs) (laughs) let me go ahead and try to get my breath back i know we've it's been a minute we've gone up the stairs so uh I have this idea for this movie starring Jimmy Stewart. We love Jimmy Stewart starring John Wayne. We love John Wayne directed by John Ford. We love John Ford. Here's the twist though. Lee Marvin is the villain. We love a good villain. Very compelling. And there's a twist at the end where we're not really, it's the sixties, right? We don't really know what twist endings are yet. Or has Planet of the Apes come out by this time? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't think so. Okay. Twist endings. Who to thunk? Uh, like new concept. Uh, Psycho came out in 1960. Twist ending. Wow. Um, so we're going to have a Western and it's going to have a pretty decent social message and it's going to be very controversial in its time. Yeah. Plan of the X, but it's 1968. Okay. So we're going to have a Western John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, John Ford, cultural message, social message that has held up surprisingly well, or sorry, elevator pitch will hold up surprisingly well. <laughs> can't be, can't be confusing folks. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my elevator pitch. Okay. I like it. What do you got? Okay. So my elevator pitch is when you think of Westerns, who's who's the most Western character you can think of? John Wayne. I thought the same thing. Now, if you're thinking of a, a highly educated man, a typical man, maybe a man from the, the Northeast who uh, maybe comes, dwells from uh, Connecticut or Delaware or, or one of those areas, uh, who would you think of? Jimmy Stewart? I agree. Okay. Now, imagine bringing those two characters together to show the story of how the West died. True, great goes to Congress? No. No. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Nope. Okay. But 
how the West came to an end because democracy came in and changed the Western landscape and made it, changed it from this rough and tough, carry a gun, shoot whoever's looking at you the wrong way into this law abiding civil area where people are educated and you have educated man Jimmy Stewart going against rough and tough John Wayne and how they are not only fighting over the West that they so love, but also fighting over the same girl who represents everything that they, she's the representation of who, of what they're fighting over and who wins, democracy wins, but the law alone is not powerful enough, sometimes it takes a man with a backbone to be able to put things right. There's my pitch. Is that it? We still have like six floors to go. This is the 60s, man. This <laughs> elevator is not It's not doing work. <laughs> we'll take a smoke break here. Okay, smoke break. Yeah. <laughs> the elevator man hands you a cigarette like... Yeah. Do you have a light? Of course I do. Of course. Do you have a do you have a cigarette? Lucky strikes. Those are the only ones I carry. <laughs> when did you become a 30s gangster? Listen here, see? <laughs> it's me, James Cagney, see? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So you said the first time you saw this movie you were a teenager. The first time I saw it, I was in college. I remember it the same way that I I, I mean again, I saw it college i remember it it has not changed over time to me which is very fun i feel like a lot of movies when you watch them younger and you watch them again a number of years later it's like oh yeah yeah no i didn't i didn't catch this when i was when i was a kid or things like that and this movie it just works man yeah it's um it's funny you say that because for me it was completely different because i did watch it for the first time when i was about 15 years old 16 i'm pretty sure i was 16 And then watching it again now in my 30s, it really changed the way that I saw the movie. Uh, Because, I mean, you think about a traditional Western, you know, Mm -hmm. you think about the way that a Western functions. It's it's fun. You really get into it. You get into the story. You know, you've got the classic good guy against bad guy. And it is that thought of who can draw the fastest. Yeah. And that person is going to be the one that wins. And this movie kind of turns that a little bit and is like, well, yes, but at the same time, we also have laws. We have a rule that we have to follow, but maybe sometimes we do have to have somebody strong enough standing behind us to make sure that the bad guys don't get their way. And what I loved about this movie the second time around, because the first time around, I remember watching it and actually being kind of sad at the end, which it is kind of a sad movie, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the way that it ends, because it ends with um, Jimmy Stewart's Ransom. Is that that his name? Yeah. Um, You know, he's, he's on the train with his wife, and he has this reputation as the man who shot Liberty Valance. But in reality, he didn't do that at all. Um, he thought he did for a brief amount of time, very brief, but then discovers that it really wasn't him to begin with. And so he kind of spends his days thinking about how he didn't actually do this thing that he's so well known for. And the real hero, uh, which we find out, yeah, he may have actually been the real hero because even in losing everything that he wanted, he lost 
the West that he loved. He lost the girl that he loved. He lost just about everything, but still saw the greater good that was coming out of it and was willing to give up that reputation so that uh, the, the actual law of the land could take place and could take control and could keep everybody safe. And, um, and so the first time watching it, it was like, oh man, this is really sad. But then the second time watching it, I was like, what an incredible story. It was almost, it's almost like the Dark Knight. He wasn't the hero that Shinbone needed yeah, or deserved. Is that what it was? He's not the hero that Shinbone deserved, but the hero that Shinbone needed at the time. Yeah. I guess I had never equated it to the Dark Knight, but the, the exist, I, I guess I'm, I guess I am just more naive in general because I didn't associate it with how democracy killed the West, but I also can't disagree with that as an assessment. <laughs> like, oh, I never thought about it that way. It's right. I just haven't thought about it that way. And it, that does completely change the tone of the movie because the character, the actor who represents the American West more than anyone in my in my estimation, actively contributes. He sa- he sees his son setting mm-hmm. and he says, this is what is best to happen going forward. Like, this is the way that we move forward. Yeah. Even to he's, his own detriment. Yeah. And he's bitter about it. You I know, mean, yeah. he's not. He's still he's John not, Wayne. Right. He's bitter about it. But at the same time, he understands that it's in a way. And I guess from his point of view and his eyes, it's a necessary evil. It's a necessary thing that has to happen, even though it's going to take away his livelihood. It's going to take away what he cherishes the most. It's going to it's going to be better for everybody else. Because not everybody can be like him. Yeah. (laughs) Where he's, you know, he's good at what he does. He's good at being a cowboy. Yeah. He's good at being the hero, but not everybody can be a hero like him. That's another, like... That's a really eloquent point, is that they're both heroes. Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne's characters are both heroes, but the way that they solve their problems are so opposite. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know that I would go so far as to say they work well together, because there's definite conflict, right? Yeah, they definitely aren't friends. I wouldn't call them friends. Yeah, I, I would call them acquaintances. Yeah. They're, they're familiar, they're casual, polite to each other, but if the movie doesn't start off with John Wayne saving Jimmy Stewart's life... I mean, one, then the whole rest of the movie doesn't matter. Uh, but if it's someone else who had saved his life, then the the movie is completely different because the, the John Wayne character, I feel like, is motivated by his own. I mean, obviously, he has his own motivations, but his own sense of right and wrong, his own like old, old West, wild West ethics. Mm-hmm. And another character might not have had those same motivations or made those same decisions. So it's very it's very telling to me that that these are the two actors who who star in this movie. Yeah, there is no mistake. I mean, they definitely they the the cast is near perfect. Um, you know, there's really no other way because you had this because let's see, I guess at this point, uh, hold on, I'm going to look up real quick. Yeah, because at this point, It's a Wonderful Life had already come out. Oh, yeah. And so which was 1946, um, which is a very interesting history, by the way. Um, but I'll, I, I can talk about that another time. But um 
<clears throat> sorry, the uh, Jimmy Stewart at that point had had been in It's a Wonderful Life, and that may have been one of the roles, you know, that kind of, you know, as, as far as, I, I don't know if back then, but especially now, that's the role that people think of when they think of Jimmy Stewart, as they I think agree. of It's a Wonderful Life. I agree. And if you look at the character from It's a Wonderful Life, he's, he's a, he's a, just a really sweet guy. He's Idealistic. guy. Yeah, he he is not going to beat you up. He's going to do everything that he can to do the right thing without causing any violence in the process. Yeah. Um and that's so you're taking that character with John Wayne who the duke that everyone looks at. I mean, you can't look even when he was in uh I Love Lucy and What? You know, yeah, he was like a guest. Oh my gosh. On I Love Lucy, you know, or if you ever saw him on like a late night show, he, you know, you saw him and immediately you just thought cowboy. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't take John. It's hard to take John Wayne even in his movies with like The Quiet Man. Uh, where he plays a boxer from America who goes over to Ireland and like, he's not a cowboy at all, but but even, but right. Even in that you can look at it and be like, but he's still a cowboy. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't say John Wayne is not a cowboy. He, he just is. It was the role he was born to play. And so you're taking those two aspects and you're bringing it into this movie where they really are in a way they're almost adversaries, but they're having to find a way to work together to bring about a better, I mean, not to sound super patriotic, but a better America, <laughs> which is essentially what this movie, you know, it, it really is about is about, you know, it's about voting. It's about having your voice heard. It's about, it's about becoming a state, becoming a part of something bigger mm-hmm. and better. Yeah. One thing so when I, when I was thinking about the timing of this movie, um, I was thinking about, oh, you know, talking about statehood. Is that around the time where the last states were added? It is not. Um, Alaska and Hawaii were added in 1959. I'm mostly sure. So, I mean, not too long after that, though. Not too long after it, but I feel like the a lot more of the message is how Rance, the Jimmy Stewart character, goes into this, you know, unsettled and, and unsavory Western town. And he's like, I'm going to done educate these folks. And he starts his school and he like anyone who wants to go into the school can. And that that was one of my takeaways from watching this was how like that doesn't really fit with my image of the Wild West. I figured it was a lot of you have your role, you have your role, like everyone had their just box that they had to stay in. So in addition to all the other things that Jimmy Stewart did, he immediately challenged societal norms for for Shinbone, which is a hilariously named place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's um very well done movie, uh very well acted. Um and uh and then of course, you know, I mean, can you get a more, you know, a better director for a western than John Ford? Um oh, who That sounds like a challenge. I feel like you can. But who uh funny enough, you know, he he didn't real uh he said there's a quote that I read that he used John Wayne for this movie and uh, didn't know how well the, the exact quote I read uh, was it was in red river, the movie red river that he saw and went and said out loud. I didn't realize that big oaf could act until red river. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) Do you, do you feel like, so we talk about someone like, um, 
a good example of this. Ryan Reynolds, how he's an actor who just plays himself in things. Yeah. Do you think John Wayne was that for the 50s and 60s? I don't know. I have a hard time with that, saying that because of all the different roles that he has played and how, yes, are a lot of them similar? Yeah. But like, have you ever seen The Searchers? Yes, but it's been a minute. Like the the character that he plays in The Searchers is very different from the character in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, who's also very different from the character that he plays in The Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, did he play a certain genre very well? Absolutely. Um, did he play the same character? I mean, you know, kind of, sort of. But at the same time, it I guess you could almost say it was variations of the same character. <laughs> I think that's a completely fair way to talk about him. He's he's the same, but he's different. Yeah. So uh, I have one. Well, I have a couple of questions for you real quick. Um, how long did it take for you to figure out, hey, that's what I know the sheriff from? Oh, no, immediately. Immediately. OK. And I was like, that's that's the bear from Robin. Yeah, Hood. That, that's Friar Tuck from Robin Hood. We watched it and it took probably about five to ten minutes once his character was introduced that the uh, the couple that we watched it with was like, dang it, that's who it is. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I'd seen it before, so I knew. Um, and the other thing was, who who was your favorite character in this movie? Not who do you think was the best character or the most fleshed out, but who was your favorite? Because hmm. I have a very easy answer, but I don't want to sway your opinion. Um, My favorite character? Hmm. Uh, Pompey. I think that's completely fair. I, I really like Pompey. Pompey is an integral part to this movie. Yes. Uh, for me, it is a newspaper publisher Dutton Peabody. <laughs> he was good. He was, he was very good. entertaining uh, journalist. Yes. Who is is afraid of nobody until he is afraid of everybody. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a fair way to talk about him. His whole scene with him talking to the liquor and and being like you know oh out of courage out of I was like oh man. That's yep. Know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, that was. Uh, yes, he he was a good character for sure. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, well, I guess I guess we should give it a quick rating, uh, just real quick. Um, I mean, I'm gonna. For me, it's. Is it perfect? No, you know, but. I mean, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, I don't typically do half scores, but I guess if I did, I would give it a 9.5. Okay. I was thinking I was thinking 8, 5, or 9, so I think that about says what we both think about this movie. It's whenever I initially think about westerns, it's not really one that crosses my mind because you think of the, you know, you said earlier, you have The Searchers, and for me, Rio Bravo, um, I think is the one yeah. where, is that the one where John Wayne is kind of making fun of another John Wayne movie? Or is that Rio Grande? Because there's one is a direct, like, comedic remake of the other one, and it's, ve- uh, it's very entertaining. Yeah, I would assume it's probably one of those. Because the only one I'm thinking of is the Alamo, but that didn't... Uh, notably not a comedy. Um, no. <laughs> Very much not. You have something like, you have the Magnificent Seven, you have uh, the Clint Eastwood's Man With No Name trilogy, and I feel like this flies under the radar a lot, and that's a dadgum shame mm-hmm. because it's a very good movie it has a very high quality story and it tells it well mm-hmm. so is it gonna be like oh let me kick back and watch an entertaining western not really you're gonna have to think a little bit you're gonna have to be serious pay attention and soak it in mm-hmm. but it is 100 percent worth taking that time to set aside and watch this movie hmm. yeah 
a, a very heavy influencer for lots of other movies and lots of directors as well. Um, I know Steven Spielberg has directly talked about this movie as being one of those movies that influenced him as a child. And um, yeah, so I believe it. definitely worth a watch. And, uh, something that I'm, I mean, that day at Hastings when they totally went against everything that I stand for and they asked me my opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, this was one of the movies that I put in their cart. Cause I was like, this is, this is one of those that you have to see. Yeah, I agree. So, well, very good. Well, I hope that you guys enjoy. Um, you know, I don't even, I don't even know what's coming up next. Um, I guess we've got. Oh, let's see. Isn't it? Um, there's an actual well, new release, I think. That yeah, we there's, were looking there's at. an actual movie that we're going to be reviewing. Let's see. In theaters. The theater, the theater. What has happened to the theater? Uh, Shazam comes out in two weeks. Oh. Which I haven't seen the first one, so I don't know that I should see the second one. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um. <laughs> We might be changing it. I don't know. Is that what we got down? I oh, we have a calendar. I'm an idiot. Um, let me let me look. I know I could drive. pull it up, but I'm being lazy. I was in drive earlier and it kicked me out. It was really weird. It was like you're offline. Nah. <laughs> Th- thanks, Google. Don't tell me what I am. Uh, Shazam question mark. So uh, uh, n- yes. non-committal. <laughs> so even even when we were making this calendar, we were like, uh, maybe. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think at that time when we made that, it was because everything was being canceled. I think that's fair. With DC. And yeah. so we were both like, is this actually going to happen? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because Batgirl had just been canceled. Yeah. That's what it was. So, so I we tell were you, like, this may not even happen. I tell you a movie that seems really interesting, but I'm not sure I want to see it in theaters is uh, 65. Have you seen the trailers oh, for it or the, anything? The, Adam, they, the Adam Driver they, movie? They land on Earth like 65 million years yeah, ago. Yeah, they're a super futuristic group of I mean, humans cool concept. who has to fight dinosaurs. I, I mean, sounds cool. It sounds really interesting. And I like Adam is Driver. It in theaters? I'm sorry? Is it out already? March 10th. So a week from Friday. Oh, well, we could maybe do that. I yeah. don't know. See. It, it's see on the table. Uh, it's it could be it could be a possibility. I know there's a few things that are on Netflix that are really good. I actually got a recommendation today. Um, I don't know if he'd want me to drop his name or not. I'll just say it. Corey um, gave me a recommendation today, All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix. Is that the new one? Yes. Okay. He said it's amazing. Highly recommended it. I really want to watch The Pale Blue Eye, uh, which has uh, Christian Bale in it. It's um, Edgar Allan Poe. Ooh. Um, I really want to watch that. Um, I do want to throw out a recommendation real quick. Now, this is not one for the kids. Um, not at all. But it's called Under the Banner of Heaven on Hulu. It sounds dramatic. And it's got Andrew Garfield is the main character. He's a He is a detective who is a part of the Latter-day Saints. And the whole community is like a Latter-day Saint community. And so it's just all the like, I won't say weird, but just unusual things that have taken place in that kind of community. And uh, very fascinating stuff. I highly recommend that. Real quick, John, do you have any recommendations for, for anybody? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, the one that jumps out to me the most is The Mandalorian Season 3 just started. Right. So um, by the time this episode releases, there will just be one episode. But I think it's I think it's eight episodes again. Um, I don't know that season length has been confirmed yet, but that's my expectation. Um, if you're going to do a it recommendation... It just not... enough for you to want more. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Um, if you're going to do a recommendation of not for the kids, I'm going to give one, but with the, with the condition, I haven't seen it. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going off the recommendation of literally everyone on my Twitter timeline who has watched it. So universal approval, which is very rare, especially for a video game adaptation of a beloved game, uh, the last of us on HBO. Mm. Everyone says it's amazing. So I will recommend that having not seen it, but I need to see it. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, I guess that just about wraps it up. So um, I guess stay tuned to our Twitter. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably end up posting it too on just my personal page of whatever it is that we decide to review. Um, it might be Shazam. It might Ooh. be something else. Ooh. Uh, so it sounds like it's probably going to be something else, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but until that, but that will be in two weeks. Oh, John has a. Oh, it, we, we would be able to do Shazam. It comes out on the 17th and the new episode will come out on the 6th. So we would be able to, or the episode would come out on the 20th. Right. So yeah. the timing would work. It un- would. Unfortunately. But we'll think about it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so have, we'll see you back here in two weeks, but until then nerd out.